Frozen Shows is filmed in front of a live Twitch audience. Hey everyone, welcome back to Frozen Shows. I am your host, Josiah, aka Mauler67, and with me, as always, I got my buddy, I got my pal, I got my brother, my brother Austin. Austin, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, just a uh, little, little tired. <laughs> a little tired? Why are you tired? Yeah. I had a very long weekend. Oh boy. Why don't yep. you tell me about it? So I uh, went to Jersey to go see James Highlight on Bob Secret Sash from my buddy Todd. Uh, we actually ended up going to the Jersey Shore. Um, and then we actually went to a horror convention, a horror convention uh, called Monster Mania in Jersey. Mm-hmm. It's one of the biggest ones around. And we didn't even know it was there that weekend, so someone told him on Facebook, so we went there. Um, and then I came back Saturday to Pittsburgh yesterday, and I hung out with you, and we BTM'd, and then I came home today. I just got home probably about a half an hour ago, and I'm kind of worn out. I've been <laughs> driving a lot, so, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I, yeah, no, that, I mean, hey, man, that sounds like a busy day. I know you got some pictures. I've seen some of them on uh, Facebook with you and Todd at the, uh, I don't think you guys were at the Secret Stash. You were definitely at the Quickie Mart is the one I've seen. Oh, Quick Mart. Yeah, Quick and Stop. Quick and Stop. Yeah, Quick and Mart. Quick and Mart is from Simpsons, I think. <laughs> um, But no, yeah, I, I've seen that, and so... Yeah, no, it sounds like you had a good old weekend. I had, and basically just is the same. I, I have a convention next week, which is the biggest thing in my head, but mm-hmm. ugh, which means that we're going to have to figure out when we want to do Bros and Show next week because I can't do it on that Sunday. That's fine. You know, we can always uh, postpone it. I'm okay with it. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, life happens, man. Like, what can we do? Yeah. But, awesome. You're a little tired. You went to a convention. Let's talk about other people who tend to be tired and also went to a convention. Let's talk about Sandman, Austin. Oh, man. So we've been we've been waiting for this for a long time, yeah. actually. A very long time. Uh, well, for me, a very long time. And for you, it's been... How many years has it been since you read, uh, like, heard the audiobook? I know that was the first time you were exposed to it. Was it, like, a year ago or two years ago? I don't know. It was before it became free on Audible. I want to say it happened during COVID, like 2019, maybe. I think. Well, I think it was like 2021, something like that. I, I don't know the exact time because I know I listened to it. And then there, then we found out like months later, it was going to get the part two was going to be yeah. released. Yeah. And then I got, I listened to that as well. So mm-hmm. There, there was some time frame I would have to look up when the audible version got released in order to figure out the exact time I maybe listened to it. Mm-hmm. I know I had before I listened to it for like a couple months because you gave me a free code for it. Yeah. And I downloaded it, but I never uh, listened to it for a while until I forget what it was. I just, I was just a, it was a slow day. I'm like, all right, I'll just start listening to it. And I started listening to it and I'm glad I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, fun fact. <clears throat> yeah. It's kind of because of the same man. I started playing Vampire the Masquerade. And, then mm. I did. and the, the reason why is because uh, I read, I listened to the Sandman and then I hung out with my friend Gwen mm-hmm. who uh, we were just sitting there and talking, and then I brought up that I was listening to an audiobook called Sandman, and she's like, oh, what is that? And then I explained what it is. She's like, oh, you're talking about Sandman, like Neil Gaiman Sandman. Turns out she was a Uber, she's a Huber, Uber huge fan of the show, and then at the same time, she started talking to me about Vampire the Masquerade, which I found out that the LARP that I was just going to around that time was uh, that... And then she's like, well, I love that too. And so we just ended up talking about that for a good bit too. So yeah, it was, it was weird because uh, we talked about the Sandman for a bit and then we started talking about that. That's what made me be like, okay, I think I'm going to go and look into this uh, live action role play thing of it. So yeah. 
<clears throat> yeah. Uh, all right, Austin. Let's get into it. Let's start talking about the same man. Um, mm-hmm. What were what are your first thoughts and feelings on the same man? You you watch the whole series. You've read the whole comic book series, mm-hmm. and you have listened to both parts of the audio as well. Like you've you've digested a lot of mediums of the Sandman. Yeah, Neil Gaiman is. It has to be my favorite author of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's done things like American Gods and, um, you know, Coraline, uh, which I, I finally got to listen to that book finally. I never got around to uh, reading the book. I never even knew his, it was his art. I didn't know he did that uh, for a long time until I found out about it. Like, what was it? I think like a year ago when I found out about it, I was like, wow, really? He did that? Because uh, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, a lot, but uh, I remember reading Sandman back in I think it was like it was like 2010. Uh, a buddy of mine, his girlfriend, was a huge Neil Gaiman fan, and I just got done reading American Gods, and she was like, "Hey, have you read his other book, like Sandman?" And I said, "No," and she's like, "You have to read that one." Uh, so she let me borrow it, and I read every single page it it was one of like those books where you just can't put down and i remember reading it very thoroughly uh i ended up reading it i think three times before i gave it back to her um because i thoroughly enjoy sandman and the universe that's created as uh you know the waking and the dreaming world um you know and i uh, kudos to neil gaiman because you know i haven't read one single thing that he's done that i'm not like oh this is good uh, I've never had it where he's like, "Oh, this is bad." So you know, when you when can you it, when you can be consistent like that, it's great. Um, you know, people always say, "Well, what about American Gods, like season two and three? And at that point, Neil Gaiman actually stepped away from that show, and the writers left that show too because of uh, the studio executives of Stars uh, wanted to go a different way, and they wanted to be cheapskates. So. <laughs> It kind of like evolved into like a terrible taste for Neil Gaiman fans because American Gods is one of those like one of those great ones. It's like Sandman. Um, but my first take on Sandman here, I would have to say, is the first couple episodes of Sandman uh, are slow to the people that have read the books uh, or have listened to audiobooks. I feel because. Because uh, I've seen, I've talked to two different people. Uh, one person that was has read the books, and one person that has not read the books. And the first three episodes are full with a lot of lore, and not a lot of stuff happens. Like nothing like huge, uh, except for like him being captured, and then like the first three episodes is like him escaping and stuff like that. Uh, so it like shoved a lot of stuff into people's head. And all, you know, us book readers already know that, that, that whole realm. And it was really well, you know, rounded to the book. Like you can tell that Neil Gaiman had a part of it because they didn't change so much in this series that it ruined the series. <laughs> it actually, there is some things that I, I thoroughly enjoyed that they changed. And then there's things that I just don't understand why they changed. Um, but overall, I have to, I, I have to say I love Sandman and I'm excited for season two because uh, they ended off like just at the perfect point. They actually ended it uh, where the audiobook ended, if I'm correct, uh, with the dream vortex. Yeah. So it, it, it continued past that. Oh, did it? I yeah. don't remember. Just 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 a little bit. I, I recently mm-hmm. finished the uh, Sandman audiobook again because I, I was basically watching this and listening to the audiobook at the same time and enjoying both. <laughs> Austin, you should know not to eat while. Oh, that's true. Here, Ralph. Because, like, I just said that just to say that, and then you look at me like, keep talking. And I'm like, Austin, that was just a response to you. I was letting you continue. Sorry, I didn't stop anywhere, and I had to get something to eat, and I was rushing to do everything. And you're eating um, jerky. Yeah, it's fine. But now Ralph is eating the rest of that jerky. Um, not a fan of that jerky. Oh, so. What did what did you think about this? Okay, like, so what is your take? Okay, so 
for a little backstory on me, I've never read the books. I've never even got to see the comics. I've seen like stills of the comics, but I don't have the books, the graphic novels. I do not uh, have any way of reading them per se. And when it comes to like me reading physical stuff, I tend to like it all together or I won't even do it. You know? Like I have the first volume of Scott Pilgrim. I, I read that and I'm like, I really want to finish all the Scott Pilgrims. I'm not going to buy another volume of it and then wait and then buy the next volume and the next one. I'm going to buy like the whole collection if I'm going to read it. And at the point where I was looking into buying the Sandman, they were all like, this item is unavailable right now. It's going to be available later. You can pre-order it type deal thing. Which I'm also one of those people that I, passing fancies are my constant thing. Where I'll be like, ooh, I should, I should, I should get this. And then I'll be really into it and then I'll, I'll forget about it and then we'll come back again and be like, oh, I should really get into this. I do it all the time. It's probably something with my mind. Um, but I do, I have listened to both the audio, audiobook versions, which anytime I like listen to something, like whenever I listen to the audiobook, I tend to research the character so I at least visually see what they're representing. Um, like I'll look like whenever uh, I was rewatching it, I looked up Rose Walker and then like Jed and Unity. Like I looked up what they all looked like, Joanna Constantine. Like I did all that. Um, so it's not like I don't know how they look. The one thing I really like about Sandman, the audiobook, is the um, the quality of them. Uh, of Neil Gaiman like describing things in the book which side note I can now pick out Neil Gaiman's voice in like a lineup because he has a very particular way of talking and I, I think honestly he, he I, I could listen to a bunch of audios with him but with that being said me watching this series I, I've always had a mindset that a movie book TV, any different like iterations of something, you should take it at what it's at, not what it is based on. Because different things that may work in one format may not work in another format. Yeah. And that's how I felt about the Sandman. Like, I loved this. I absolutely loved the Netflix and Sandman. I think they did a great job transferring over. I also think they cut corners on certain things to reduce the amount of like CG or CGI or special effects needed in the in the um in the show cuz let's be honest i i've looked at i have looked at a lot of the sandman characters whenever i would hear about them and i'm like man it's going to be crazy if they show this guy in the uh, netflix series and then they don't show him and i'm like it makes sense cuz that thing's crazy that would take an effect artist a long time to make or a CG person a very long time to create and then to animate and to work all that stuff in. So he has a very minor role. They could just cut him. They do. And I acknowledge that and that's fine. But because of it, I felt like there were certain things that I'm like, man, I wanted to see him and all of his freaky glory and everything, but I understand it's, it's fine. But for what the series is, for what is presented, if I have never read the books or read the things, I think it was phenomenal. I think it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I totally have to agree with you on that. It's, um, it, you know, some of the things that they did in this show uh, and, and the CGI that they did spend had beautiful, beautiful environments. Um, I also have to say the storytelling was still as good as I remember the books, you know, it, it, I, there wasn't a part in Sandman except for the first three episodes, because like, I, I kind of wanted, I knew what was going to happen. So I wanted to move it along a little bit more. Uh, but I get that, you know, you have to set up that block is like, if you don't, then people that have never read the books, don't get it. See um, Austin, this is where <laughs> I disagree. Yeah. I think the first episode gripped me. Sandman. It didn't take three episodes or anything. And I felt, felt it was moving along really quickly. How it was setting up because in in the books and i guess i'm saying this more in the io version because like i said i haven't read the books um 
the whole connection with Roderick Burgess, his son, and Sandman, or, or Morpheus, was never, um, it, it wasn't that. Like, how it happened in the show, it wasn't that. You didn't have a, uh, the, the, the son, I forget the son's name, uh, is, I, I can't remember the son's name. Yeah. He didn't kill his father. He yeah. also didn't have this like existential crisis of wanting to get rid of the Sandman or anything. He had a little bit of it, but he was still willing willing to continue his father's legacy with him and be like, "Give me immortality, I will set you free." Blah blah blah. And then I believe I believe it was Roger Burgess is the one who gets all the curses thrown at him because he I think he originally made the deal with Beelzebub or whoever it was, the Lord of the Flies. To get the Amla protection, and then whenever I think it's Jan Crip or whoever the woman is took the pendant and ran off with it, all those curses him. Uh, I could be wrong on that. I know there's a character that that happened to. And I know that she took the pendant from him, and that's what killed him. That, like how they describe it, that's gruesome. What happened to him in this one? Pretty tame. He just hit his head on the back of the the glass, and then he's just like, whoa. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out of here. See you later. I always get killed whenever I'm in my Sunday's best. That's a that's a joke at the actor who uh, played Tywin Lannister. He tends to always die in like like nighttime closes or whatnot. But yeah, like those things that change from the original book, they added like I don't, I don't know, like it, I could. I want to say it's emotion, but at least more depth to the characters. Because when it came to Roger Burgess and his son, they always kind of portrayed as like one-eyed people. Like they're like, I want my immortality. I want this. I want my son back type deal thing. In this one, they actually gave him like character to a degree. Except for that. The dad was still a piece of trash. Roger, Roger Burgess, he was still a piece of trash. His son actually like had like inklings of love and care yeah kind of but what what was the point where you got like where you felt like it finally picked up because I, I like i said i i thought it picked up instantly i would have to say the part where it kind of started picking up a little bit um was i think 24 7 that episode was the episode where i was like okay we're getting somewhere um you know, more, more of like a, into the story, the, you know, and I, I get it. Like the or, origin stories can be boring. That that's, that's the thing for me. And I feel like that was kind of slow. Um, there wasn't really a lot happening in those first couple episodes, except, uh, that, you know, I think what really picked it up for me was probably the episode where he meets Joanne Constantine, uh, that whole thing. And I was, you know, I was, I was wondering, like um, the whole time that episode, I was wondering because in the books, uh, it's not Joanna Constantine, it's John Constantine from DC that does that. So they switched her up and we can understand that copyrights and all that stuff just gets a lot of money well, uh, to use those just, characters. Just saying this now, she wasn't the only DC character cut. There was there was a handful yeah. that was cut. Yeah, like Martian, like Manhunter, Martian Manhunter. Uh, um, how, how, what's his face? The... The Fury, uh, technically Lyda is still in there, but she's not the Fury no more. She's not a cape. Yeah. Um, what was the Haldu's name? The he he's the husband of Lyda of the Fury, and but he he is a cape oh. sir. Or uh, even even the uh, Sandman, the uh, the I think he's called the Sandman, the the one who would wear the mask over his face and put people to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was also not in there. And, and then there was also a handful of other Doc, characters. Dr. Destiny wasn't in there. Scar, uh, Scarecrow wasn't in there. Yeah, yeah. Crane, uh, yeah. Uh, Mr. Miracle wasn't in there. Um, and Marsh Manhunter. And yeah, the original Sandman. Because uh, the original Sandman, um, they kind of, I don't know. Like, uh, the original Sandman, like, I, I didn't know this until I talked to my buddy uh, Travis has been on the podcast before that there was an original combat uh, comic book called the Sandman. And it was about a guy that dressed 
in uh, like a like a mask and had a gun that would put people to sleep. Yep. Uh, I didn't know that for a while until I saw the comic. I have not got to read that comic because I've been told it's not really that great. Um, well, that that so... that was like the whole point of the homage of the character is that you find <laughs> out it was because that dream was captured that he became a superhero. Yeah. Because it was that he couldn't sleep. And he's like, since I can't sleep, I'll put others to sleep as a vigilante type deal thing. And that's where his whole thing came. Yeah. It was, it was cool. Like, th that's the thing. Like, you, you say, like, Dr. Destiny's not in there. He is. John D is in there. Like, he, he still refers to himself as John D. But yeah. they, they specifically chose not to say the names of superheroes or DC yeah. heroes. Though I will say... They did sneak in some DC in there. I don't know if you saw it. I saw it instantly and smiled. Mm. Did you Did you see it? I don't think I did. Okay. Okay. So when the Corinthian had Jed in his um, bedroom and he was about to go, he's like, I'm going down the convention. You stay up here. Don't leave. Oh, yeah. I saw in the back. Yeah, uh, on the TV. Yeah, on the TV. Yeah, they he were was showing animated. Yeah, or Static Shock. That's what it was. Yeah, that's solid. Yeah, yeah I forgot I, about that. When I saw that, I instantly yeah. went like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I'm like that. That's a good enough homage to me. Like that. That was enough to make me happy. Because I'm oh, like, yeah. Yeah, there it goes. But no, I I think there's a there's a lot of great things about this show. The the one thing I have to say. The Filmatography, the cinematography, whatever you want to call it, I'm not I'm not able to say like terminologies I'm not good with. <clears throat> the shots in the show were very well done. There was multiple yeah. times where it was like um like the 24 hour, you, you mentioned it, all those shots were amazing. Cause you you would notice in the beginning everything was lit normal. And then mm -hmm. when Dr. Destiny would start doing stuff the ruby would start going red. And as the series went on, as the um, episode went on, the whole diner became just beat red to show that the ruby was just a stray on affecting everyone. And I'm like, I love that. I think that's amazing. I think that's... Also, the audiobook did come out in 2020. 2020. So you did, you did get to listen to it in 2020. I think I sent it to you in 2020. Yeah, or, or uh, early 2021, because it says that yeah. Type 2 came out in 21. So, thank you, Mom Burkhart, for posting that so that we knew. Because um, I, I know I listened to it and I only had to wait a couple months or so before Part 2 came out. Mm -hmm. Which 2021 would make sense too because I think I started LARP in 2021. One. As well. Okay. That makes sense. It all makes sense. Uh, it, it all comes together like a dream. Like but, a dream. But, like. <laughs> Yeah, the the way Neil Gaiman uses cinematography, I was I remember talking with my friend Gwen, who is the person who absolutely loves Sandman, and one of the thing there was two things she was worried about the Sandman in this uh, this series adaptation. Technically three. One is that they were going to skimp out on characters and make them very basic looking, which actually happened occasionally but they also didn't on certain other characters which i appreciated them for it um two she was worried that the sandman himself Morpheus, morpheus or morpheus yeah morpheus wouldn't have his glowing eyes which he does in this it's sparkle the because she's like the the whole concept of like dark inlaid with a single um single star she's like that just hits hard yeah and then the third thing she was afraid of was the death character the, the woman who was playing death she in her head she was imagining like a like a 14 year old skinny kid playing death and they're like oh we'll get an older lady to do this i don't actually think she's all that old i think she's probably like 2022 20, or something like that but she was worried about it and i'm like we gotta see who knows maybe she'll just hit everything perfectly and the reason why i bring that up is because the show that um dream does not have his eyes but there is a single shot when robert burgess's son sees him on his throne and he's sitting there and he has the eyes yep 
and it made my hair on the back of my neck stand up like <laughs> it's it's like the equivalent of whenever your superhero first dons the full cape Mm-hmm. and it's after he just got like beaten up and he gets up and he's just like with great power comes great responsibility or, or something like that it, it makes you be like yeah like that's what happened to me in that moment whenever i saw him i was like Heck yeah and it was well done because i wasn't expecting it and it's not something that he has all the time and it seems like he only has that whenever he's super mad or using superpowers or something like that so i don't know i it, it was one of those things I didn't realize that has a stronger impact on me. The more sparingly it's you. And other people may not agree with me. They, they may be like, no, freaking, he should always have the glowing eyes. And that's valid. That's 100% valid. I 100% thought because he didn't have it all the time, it made that scene so much more impactful. And I would love it yeah. if they showed him with those eyes if he ever gets just as mad or just as angry. That's my thought. The One of the things I also want to say about this show is the cast is amazing. Like they picked the right people to play these characters. I, I seriously think the guy that plays the Corinthian is phenomenal. He plays exactly how I thought. Morbius plays exactly how I thought. Uh, and, uh, you know, Dr. D, John D is phenomenal. Uh, some of the characters that change actually that I thoroughly enjoyed was Cain and Abel. Yeah. Um, oh, oh. It makes more they, sense. They, the, that they the, are <sighs> that they are that, uh, how they look. That, and, that's not even my thing. I legitly went, when they're together, I get the semblance of Cain and Abel. Yeah. I didn't know how Cain and Abel looked whenever i listened to the audiobook until i researched it and i was like oh they're all like prim and proper looking they have like coats and everything on that's weird and then like seeing them in this king looks like what he does in the book like he looks exactly like it like you said they changed his ethnicity to match that of the um the story of cain and abel which Mm. go on that like the actors even when they talk and act i get the feeling of those characters I get Kane, yeah. like, whenever he turns to his brother, he's just like, you boot look looker, and kills him. And I was like, yeah, that's what he does! <laughs> that and, um, they do a really good job. There's a there's a really good scene with those two mm-hmm. that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, that Kane and Abel are very upset mm-hmm. with each other and upset with what has to be done yeah and they know that they have to do it and that is like them letting dream consume gregory which when that happened which, oh, I, 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 I was like wait that's ain't in the book no <laughs> great ain't dead great fine where's goldie <laughs> what's going on and then when that happens and then the fact that like both of them know they can't do nothing about it yeah. And they, they just, like, let it happen. And they, like, go over to the side and they consult each other as brothers. Yeah. And it's, it's like, a super sad scene. I'm like... <sighs> it's it's solid. It was, uh, it was a really solid scene. Um, you know, I remember coming into this, like, the show. And, like I said, like, I, two months ago when the clips finally came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was the clip from my favorite <sighs> book, Sandman. Uh, like a month ago that came out and I wasn't really sold on this show because I was like Netflix has not done any great material that is source material they've never done great into a show and then I was told Neil Gaiman was part of it and he was really a part of it and I was like ooh okay and then I saw that clip and it made me realize that if he yeah man I'm trying to I'm trying to state this is I didn't think that I was going to have feelings for a character that was only a five-minute character. And when Dream completely does that to that character, uh, to Gregory, I felt for that. I felt for Gregory. And the two, yeah, I felt bad for Kane. And even Dream. Dream felt bad about doing it. Um, Everyone and, was not happy. No one was yeah. happy there. Lucien was upset and, that he was doing it. 
Dream was upset that he had to do it. The two brothers were upset. Gregly was sad because he's like, I know I got to. I got to do what I got to do. It was rough, man. It, it was well, well, well played. Well, and what I was trying to get to is like me and you talked back and forth about how are things going to be, how are they going to do stuff in the show? Mm -hmm. Because if you've never read The Sandman, The Sandman does get to a point where there is a lot of violence and there is things that you wouldn't, like you just don't, you can't fathom how to put them in pictures, uh, except for like when you read them, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is illustrated. Uh, but I was so, like the, the whole diner scene, I was like, I don't know how they're gonna do this because <laughs> like yeah. it gets out of hand. And they, they cut some things from the diner scene, but they, you know, they kind of like alluded to them a little bit. So it didn't have to be so graphic. Like Here, the, here's the thing. The the diner scene, I I actually didn't finish Sandman until about I, I finished it technically today and this morning. I, I I had a little bit of the last episode left to do, um, but we had like essentially two weeks to do it. Right, I watched up to the start of twenty four hour, and then I stopped until like this Wednesday because I knew what was coming in that episode. And for some reason, the anxiety in me kept me from watching it for a bit. And I had to like watch five minute increments of it until I got past that and then I could watch it. After I watched it, <laughs> I just straight up listened to the audio version of it again. And I don't know why. That That's actually what caused me to re-listen to the audio version was I'm like, I wonder what was different about the 24 hour in the show versus the audiobook version or the comic book version. And that's mm -hmm. when I started listening to it. And there's a lot of things differently. It doesn't change about what happens and all the stuff, but there's a lot of things that are different. It's more character like background yeah. and reasoning that was changed. Yeah. And I, 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 this is an interesting situation because this happens a lot in this, this series. And it's things are changed. They're not changed for the better or for the worst. I feel. I just think that they're changed, and it it still works. You know, because like John D or Doctor Destiny in the comic books or in the audio version, he's like a maniacal monster who wants to rule the world. His whole thing is like I'll turn everyone mad, and then they'll worship me and make me king. The John D in the show was more tragic based. He was like, I, people always lied to me. People always treated me poorly or bad and everything. I want to make a world where no one can lie, where all the falsitudes are gone. And that's where his character comes in. And like all the characters at the diners were, were like tweaked a little bit. Like, um, uh, I, I think her, I want to say her name's Betty and the, and her husband, I, I could be wrong about those names. Uh, I have to re-listen to him, but like the husband being skinny, but wanting to eat food because his wife doesn't want him to. And then his wife not loving him anymore because he's getting uglier. But at the same time, she doesn't think that he loves her. And then you have the guy who's trying to get the job. But originally, like, he's not trying to get a job with them. He's trying to get a job somewhere else. And then uh, the one friend who is dating Foxglove, which comes into play later, which I can't wait for that. I, I love the whole Barbie uh, uh, book in later Sandman. Um, she, like, broke up with her, her girlfriend. And she's dealing with all that stuff. And then she has to... It's, it's a weird thing because the original Sandman was wrote in the 80s. Like it was took place in the 80s. That's why death looked like a rocker. I mean, um, that's why dream looked like a rocker and everything. And one of the things I read that Neil Gaiman said about the Netflix series is that it takes place in today's era. And so certain things that were, were issues back then are not issues now. Uh, in the original Sandman, there was a lot of characters who were like homophobic. And they were always presented as the bad characters, which is, I mean, rightly so. Um, but having characters like that isn't as 
like it, it it's no longer a, a thing that should be presented that way it's it's a weird thing to say yeah because like i know that in the books on the 24 hour uh the one guy marsh who is a completely different character in the show um marsh essentially tells the the young uh lesbian is like hey the only reason why you do that is because you never had a good man and then it's implied that he does stuff yeah or, or at least implies that he tries to yeah they don't they don't show that and instead it's her saying like at society wants me to believe this and yeah like there's a lot of people who kind of get forced into that that thought process or a lot of people who do like it's still a thing people still are pieces of trash to other people for their life decisions and that sucks oh, yeah. but i i i mean maybe not so much in our current era a couple years ago maybe true but you know they weren't as vocal as they are they're getting vocal again and they're being pieces of trashes over the top for i don't want to get into all that but it it's a different thing and the one thing i was actually pretty happy with and my my biggest thing that i liked about this series was how much they changed like ethnicity of characters it's like they didn't have to he could have chose to keep them all a bunch of white people yep i'm i'm happy with it. i think a lot of the characters actually i i like the characters a lot more because of the change i love the person who played lucian i don't know their name i have to look it up i'm like that they were <laughs> such a great actor i loved it i it, it makes me happy to see them like Neil Gaiman stretching the world. It's like there's more to it than just the comic books. We can explore them. And I like that. I, I enjoy that a lot. Sorry, I didn't mean to go on a whole rant about like different changes, but a lot of the changes I felt were better. And then there was a lot of changes that were just changes. And it's like, it doesn't hurt or bring anything. Yeah, I agree. But it it's still great. It's still a great thing. Uh, sometimes whenever shows like change something, they end up changing it for the worse or only changing it because of something. I felt like a lot of the changes that they made practically made sense. Sorry. You can go ahead and talk for, for some time. I just, <laughs> <laughs> no, so <laughs> I'm going to say this. Um, I want to talk about one thing, uh, cause we have been ranting for a while about the show. Cause this mm -hmm. has been a long time coming for both of us. I, and, and the thing is, is you didn't have to experience like uh, the stuff that like I always like felt because this was constantly always brought up that it was going to be a movie, it was going to be a TV show, and then Game and held off for a long time. Uh, he also had like he, he almost closed a deal with HBO uh, back in like I think it was like 2009 hmm. where they were going to make this show. Uh, the last thing that before the series was I remember there was talks about a 2016 movie and who was going to star as Morbius was uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, and it at the last minute, Joseph Gordon-Levitt like failed on the project. Um, I think it's because he was like doing Looper or some other show, uh, some other TV show that he thought would be a little bit better off than that. Um, so they kind of just scrapped it all together. Uh, so Neil Gaiman giving the rights to Netflix, he must have been paid very well, and they probably told him, hey, you have the most creativity. Uh, but past all that, I want to say this. My favorite book from Sandman is called The Sound of Her Wings, and it is the episode where Dream goes around with death as she collects souls. Um, and... I'd have to say that this was pretty much spot on from the comic. Um, you know, there's, you know, different, you know, because, you know, uh, the, the cello player that she takes or the violin player that she takes, uh, that guy in the comic book is about 350 pounds, um, you know, and you know he's that. on his couch. And uh, the thing was, was like, um, there was also like, a lot of different uh, there were some added things to the episode but overall the episode was like two a teeth of the comic book even franklin being killed you know that was like the huge thing of that comic is when like she was like i think i'll see you later franklin and he was like how do, how do you know my name 
you know, and come to find out that he actually was going to die later that that episode. So of the, that day. So the death character. Mm-hmm. I, I, I by the end of the episode, I really enjoyed that character. I I, yeah. I think the actor did her pretty well. I will say I was initially saddened by her betrayal of it because Austin, I listened to the audio version and who's the audio version of death. Uh, I'm going to say this. Kate Dennings is my celebrity crush. Yeah. She's been for a long time since Defendor uh, uh, was one of her first movies. And I was, I was super bummed because I wanted her to be death. And there's another person that I want to be in this series to be a certain but somebody. And that's uh, Jeffrey Wright did the voice of, I think it was Destiny or, oh, I I don't know. He was one of the Endless. It was um, probably Destiny. Because the, the only, yeah. the only um, Endless that we know of, or at least that I know of that through the audio voice, which is what you're referenced to, was a single frame where Destiny is wa- reading the book and he's afraid of turning the page. Yep. Um, there's also uh, Desire. We've seen Desire. We've seen um, Fishhook Girl. I can't think of her name. Desire. Or, um, Despair. Despair. And then, like, later we we, find, we meet... Um, um, Destiny. No... It's, it's like chaos. I can't think of the term right now. It, it, it's the one that basically went crazy. I, I can't think of her name. And then also there's um, destruction by everyone calls them, calls him the prodigy because he's nowhere to be found. I think that's all the endless. I can't think of another endless outside of those. Cause, so we have destiny, death, dream, mm-hmm. destruction, destruction, desire, yep. despair, right. And delirium. Delirium. That's it. That's that's the one that like is like the girl who her mind's corrupted and like is all messed up, and they're like they feel sorry for her. I also think. Yeah. Hold up. Um, Sam Audible. I have to uh-huh. see who who does delirium because I'm pretty sure I I know who is. You, you can go ahead and talk. I am going to... Well, I was going to look up... Uh, Jeffrey Wright plays someone <laughs> um, in, in the second part of the audiobooks. I forget who he plays. Um, ah, that's who I thought it was. You know who plays Delirium in the audio version? Uh, who's that? Kristen Shaw. You know who Kristen Shaw is? Yeah, yeah. She's uh, the guide from... Um, what we do in the shadows. Hello shadows. And she's also loose. Oh wow! Why am I drawing? Louise. Um, Louise. Yeah. Yeah. Bob's from Bugger. Yeah. I. She's also Mabel from, um, Gravity Falls. But, yeah, I. I, I don't know why that. I just. I just really wanted to confirm that. My brain went like, "Isn't that what's her face?" Gosh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to like go on those tangents. But when when it came to like Death's character. And like Kate Dennings in the the audio version, I, she's she's younger. She's portrayed as younger, and she kind of like acts, for lack of a better term, kind of like ADD or or like, she has short attention span, but she's still like paying attention. Like during the whole scene where he's like, "I'm feeding the pigeons," she's like, "Okay, what? What's wrong? What's up?" And then he starts talking, and then in the moment of him talking, she just randomly interrupts him. He's like, can I feed the birds? Cool. <laughs> and she, the whole time, I like, hearing it, it almost seems like she's not really paying attention, and she's just letting him vent. And then afterwards, she's like, no, I was paying 100% attention. Like, yeah, you're talking about your rubies. Keep going. And I'm like, <laughs> there's something, like brotherly sisterly to that you know like whenever your brother's like ranting about something and you're kind of just sitting there like you gonna eat that sandwich that's something more for fat brothers you get me austin yeah. other people yeah. may. but it's yeah. like you're you're talking it's like no man i'm listening to you you're talking about your work but you gonna eat that sandwich 
You're gonna eat that. Thanks. You're gonna eat those French fries. Yeah, what? it's just like your your sandwich no. getting cool, man. That's like the other day when we were together and we went to Sheets. I was like, or no, we went to Gecko, and I was like, "Do you want these tater tots?" And you're like, "Yeah." Yeah, <laughs> sure. Because my but, brain uh, was like, "You're just gonna throw them away." I don't know. So yeah, he didn't play Destiny. Jeffrey Wright played Destiny, and uh, I uh, I wanted to ask you this. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew you probably would get this because me and you are really bad at like knowing who someone is. Like in a movie, be like, "Hey, I know who that voice actor is." Um, I Marv. like anime. Merv, Merv the pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Did you did you see who played him? No, I did not. But I recognize his voice, but I didn't look up. Mark Hamill. Really? It was Mark Hamill. Like, um, I sat there and I was like, "That's Mark Hamill. That has to be Mark Hamill." And then I was like. I it has to be Mark Hamill. I haven't confirmed it yet, so like I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Mark Hamill because in the audiobook it was Kevin Smith who played Merv the the pumpkin head. Yeah, kind of like the gardener of that. It was Mark Hamill. Okay, yeah. I okay, I, so I all I do is like I just go on the fandom pages and then when it says portrayals, they they have it listed who who plays who. I will say, mm-hmm. I was floored when I saw Merv. When I saw him, I was like, they actually did it. And he's fully C. Not only is he CG, he's stop motion CC. Like, yeah. And I was like, that makes that character so much cooler. I love him. He was, I'm like, I want to see him more in the next part of Sandman. Cause it just, it, it was well done. Like, I don't know. I, I just have a soft spot for like, stop motion animation and they and they did so well i wasn't expecting that okay um, so yeah. i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna go out of limb on this i i i said uh you know I, i've said this multiple times on this podcast and i'm gonna eat my words here but mm-hmm. there's a certain actor that i do not like and he was part of this production and he did a good job. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna give him props, and that is uh, Pat Oswald. Pat mm-hmm. Oswald played Matthew the Raven. I have to give him dibs. He's he he wasn't bad. Um, it I, did, he didn't I, I annoy will me. Say, at, at first, I was kind of like, I'm not sure how I feel about him as this role, because mm-hmm. whenever he says like, "Oh, well, well, screw it, let's go to hell," whenever he, he says that, whenever they're like, "We have to go to hell and speak with Lucifer," um. I was kind of like, okay, that felt a little forced to say. But then as the series continued, it's like, no, I think he did a really good job. I, I like Pat. Yeah. I like Patrick Oswald. This is one thing that me and you are very opposite on. I find him actually pretty funny. I enjoy his style of humor and I like how much he works on things. You are not a fan of his humor and just him in general, which is fine. You know, everyone yeah. has one. They can have bad tastes, but <laughs> When it comes to his betrayal of Matthew in this, I think it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm giving him credit on this. Like, this was some a role that I, I, you know, I, I thought he did really good on. Um, sometimes, like, there is like certain actors that do ruin it for me a lot. Um, you know, like uh, Matt Damon. I'm not a Matt Damon fan, but I do give props to Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting, and um, you know. I just got to give him props for it. It, it. It's his best movie. And I think it's a really good movie. Uh, so, you know, I think he did really well on this one. Um, I'm, I think Fiddler Green, uh, Stephen Fry. Fry did amazing yeah, as Fiddler Green. There was only one thing I didn't like about him. What was that? His mustache. <laughs> I'm not used <laughs> to seeing Stephen Fry with a mustache and my brain instantly went, Ooh, no, shave it off. <laughs> Uh, he's normally Wasn't a very Stephen clean Fry. Shape. I, I'm thinking mm-hmm. was Stephen Fry in B for Vendetta? Yes, I believe Stephen he, Fry is the guy who he played uh, Natalie Portman's boss. If I'm correct, I don't know, um, because I was like, huh. So I could I could be wrong completely. Yep, he was. Yep. yep. Yep, Stephen Fry was okay. So I was correct. Yeah, he was the Uh-oh. he was like the the book author or whatever is that was a friend of her that gets kidnapped and taken. Well, he was the boss of the she. It was her boss 
that was uh, the head executive of the news studio yep. she was part of. And then he ends up getting arrested because he has a bunch of confidential stuff like a Quran and all that. Other oh, stuff. yeah, that's it. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Being the whole because thing. he gets the black bag on his head. Yep. We were just talking about the black bag the other we, day. We talked about uh, it last night at Vampire the Masquerade yeah. because they're like, well, as a Jessica, you're either a political moving person or you're like a show up with a black bag over you. And I joked, I'm like, oh, just had flashbacks to V for Vendetta. Yeah. And then I had to explain what I was talking about. Because you look at me, you're like, what do you mean? And now I'm like, the scene with this. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. We came full circle. Again, the situation yeah. where Vampire <laughs> the Masquerade leads to Sandman. Sandman leads to Vampire <laughs> the Masquerade. Uh, Which but... last night, whenever we brought it, when you mentioned Sandman at the mm -hmm. end of the night, everyone responded with, oh, yeah, Sandman. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> It makes yeah, sense. Are, a game that yeah. a game that calls for goths to play. Of course, everyone here is a Sandman fan. <laughs> yeah, but there is there is one thing I wanted to talk about with, mm -hmm. uh, and we got a little off track with it. But the sound of her wings, the scene where Dream walks out of the room mm -hmm. from the from the the violin player, and the shot that they have of like the shadow of these wings, mm -hmm. and you can hear it. And it's this quiet type, like it's like a little faint sound. It's, it's muffled. It, it's like it's um, happening elsewhere. It is beautiful. It is a very beautiful shot. And I loved how it was filmed. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Like I was really, I was really, really like scared about that, that, that episode. Because that is one of my favorite comics ever. And it did it justice and it made me happy. I was like, good. I'm really happy that I enjoy this. I was like, I've there. I'm, I really enjoy this series so far. And, um, and I wanted to talk to you about this too. I don't remember this, uh, -huh. uh because it's been a while since I've read dollhouse. Mm -hmm. Um, now the vortex. Yeah. They Doesn't changed all the guys. I no, thought so. They changed a lot about that. No, it happened the same way. So basically, Rose... Side note. You don't find out until the end that Desire impregnated Unity. Yeah. All those years ago. They made a reference to it very early on that I instantly caught, and I was like, if you paid attention, that's an amazing call. Because whenever Unity is explaining about her dreams... She said that she met a man with the most beautiful golden eyes she ever seen, and they had a baby together. And at first, my brain's like, oh, maybe she like is just seeing Morpheus or something like that. And then I remembered in the very first episode, whenever uh, Desire is in the hallway and she says, well, they say, I'm watching you, big brother. And then they smile. You see their eyes are bright gold. And because I've read the books or I read the, I listened to the audio version already, I know that Desire did that. And I'm like, she, foretelling! <laughs> I was so excited for it. But no, basically, they, they changed a lot. They got rid of all of Jed's kind of dreamland activities with Lyat and Hall um, and put him in with uh, Galt, Galt or whatever her name is. They also changed Galt. Originally, it wasn't gold. Originally, it was like blob and something else, like blob and blob. They, they were like two nightmares. One was like a big fat guy, and the other one was like a big hulking monster. And they were supposed to be seen as the bad guys. And they, they instead just put them together and made it more sympathetic, because originally, they were just trying to feed off of this kid's emotion. And they were actually the ones who imprisoned the kid in the cellar by controlling the, the, the stepdad and the stepmom. <laughs> they retcon all that to make the nightmare more of a like sympathetic, I don't want to be a nightmare no more. I wish to be a dream. I believe I can change. And I, I, I like that storyline. It made it really heartfelt whenever Dream just straight up like threw her to the dark void and you're just like, dang, Dream, stop being so heartless. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I appreciated that. But they, they changed that. Originally, uh, Corinthian stumbles upon Jed, not he searched him out. Um, and then 
originally filler green and um rose went to the convention not because they were told to go there but because they were at a hotel for a convention um that just so happened to be there and they got told by the police like something happened we can't let you come here wait for us and they had to stay there for multiple days and that's when the convention thing all happened they changed all that stuff and then they also changed how rose mom was dead because originally she's not dead but the ending how walt rose reached in and pulled out what made her the vortex and she gave it to unity that is exactly what happened in the, the audio version i don't know if it's exactly how it happens in the book but how they portray it in the audio version that's how it is they call it an amulet and she had an amulet from uh unity i'm not sure if that's what the icon was but the whole heart thing also when she yeah. pulled out that heart my brain instantly went like that's a weird shape why would they pick something that big to represent this and then whenever dream goes to his uh his gallery and he pulls off desire's object and it's a heart my brain instantly went like bro why did you not connect the dots instantly <laughs> come on man yeah, when, really bad when you I, I thought unity was being kind of like a piece of trash when she looked at me he's like you're not very bright are you and then after that i'm like dang she was right <laughs> he's not yeah. very bright he kind of yeah, falls yeah, into things not. no i'm with you like i i kind of <sighs> felt that way too but um you know it it was okay like i, I had no problem with any of the changes that happened like I'm actually excited for season two. Um, I wonder if they're going to like finish it all off. Like just do just two seasons of Sandman. No, 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 um, no. I don't see that happening at all. Because the thing is that they're setting up everything correctly. Like Laya did have her baby. Dream admitted that that's mine and I will come for him. Because that, if I understand correctly, that person becomes spoiler later on you know yeah um, yeah yeah You're which correct, yeah. i i the io books have not gotten to that point yet um they, they set that up correctly they set up the other endlesses correctly they set up with the last episode what lucifer is about to do correctly though i'm wondering how they'll change that or morph it in a different way i lose you what <laughs> for a minute like i went in and out i don't yeah, know your, like you your, went your audio is going in and out yeah like it just paused and then it went sorry guys this is a live show no that was I, I didn't i didn't even notice i'll be honest really i was i was the one talking like no one, no one <laughs> um but yeah like i i wonder how they're going to change that stuff how they're going to make that thing because the the whole dc connection with the sandman was only really in the first couple books and then they pulled it away like they stopped doing it for a little bit you 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 froze again austin which is hilarious how you uh, look and <laughs> we're back for some odd reason i don't know why i'm having connection problems yeah you're having connection just, issues but it's kind of funny let let me make sure that like nothing's going on with this no that's fine austin yeah do you have anything you want to say last? Because we, we we've been talking for a little bit. Honestly, we could keep talking if we want to. I could I could talk about a lot of things. Like Bob, <laughs> I nothing made me more happier than the whole story scene of him coming back every hundred years. Love that. That was well done. That's exactly how I envisioned it. As well as Joanna Constantine catching them. Oh yeah. I'm the the one thing I told you before I watched it. Uh, the thing that makes me most excited for Sandman is every episode where it's not like part of the continuing story, but rather the uh, like miniature stories that are just one-off stories. Uh, him and Hob was a one-off story. Him and Nada was a one-off story. Even the cat story, wherever they talk about the stray cats and when the stray cats start talking. They haven't shown that yet in Sandman. I don't know if they will on the Netflix series because they don't have to, but I hope they do because those are my favorite stories because it's just fun to see how dream affects people in different points in time. And I like it. 
Is there anything you wish to talk about, Austin? Uh, the only thing I want to say is, like, I want to see how far they're going to go because they have connected Sandman with uh, Lock and Key, uh, which is part of the Netflix lore, too. Uh, you know, because, like, the final season of Lock and Key, it just came out. Uh, so this is the final season. But they made the comic books of Lock and Key and Sandman. I forget what it's called. I know that there's only, like, three issues right now, but... You know, I'm thinking by the time Sandman ends and Lock and Key is done that we're going to see like a little comparison between those two. And then maybe they might like, uh, since they're part of the same now, the same uh, property because of Netflix, that we're going to see them intertwine mm -hmm. um, together. So, yeah, well, I'm, I'm excited for that. I'm, I'm super stoked. I can't wait for season two. So, yeah, I'm hoping season two is good. I think, well, I'm pretty sure if it's anything like this season, it's going to be good. Um, liked how they did a lot of stuff. There were some things I was sad that they didn't do. Like they did, they, they did choose not to show certain characters or certain demons that oh, yeah. would have been like, I wanted the gnarly looking demons, but they also yeah. like balanced it out by showing some really cool visuals. I wasn't expecting like the, the, the one guy dreaming where he takes off his face and then takes off the other face. And it's like this mess of gore underneath. My brain went, yo, <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> yo. expecting that. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that either. But yeah. And, and then there was little things that they changed that I actually think were, I, I, I don't know how I feel about it still, like Lucifer being the one who did the um, story or the, the, the combat against uh, Dream. I don't know how I feel about that. Like it was fine. I, I think they did because Gwendolyn Christie is a very high profile actor and if you're going to pay her you better have her take center stage to a degree and i could see that being the reason as well as when it came to um just like uh, the um waking nightmare for the burgess son how originally he's supposed to be in a constant loop of waking up but never waking up but instead he just sleeps sleeps eternally so it's like, I don't know. I don't know how, like those things, I don't know how I feel about them. They don't hurt anything, but it's like, I felt like they lost a little. Who knows? I have to think about those more. That's something that I'm going to think about more and then discuss and talk with people. And then I'll come to a conclusion after hearing enough thoughts or opinions on and then wrapping my own head on it. But for me, yeah. Austin, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I think it was a great adaptation. Um, yeah. I, I put in the same view as the audio book where it's like, hey, both have their own pros and cons that make them amazing. And you get the best of the story by combining all of them. I'm glad I watched this Netflix series. I'm glad I read the audio book. I still need to, <coughs> I still need to read the book. You could always ask. <laughs> uh, I don't want to read it digitally. Oh no no! I have the, I have the hard copies. Cool. Like, I, I, I actually I, started yeah. re I started rebuying them. Oh okay. Uh, because I got to a point where like other people wanted to borrow the comics, and the comic I had was like the big Omnis volume, which is like a book like this. Okay. Uh, so I bought the books that are like this. Uh, there's like I think there's like twelve of them. I only own like seven of them right now, but every week when I get when I get paid, I buy a new book and then it just gets shipped. <laughs> so I'm just trying to complete the collection. And by the time that like I could bring out like five of those books, you could read them. The next time I'll bring out the rest, you know, like uh, so awesome. I have them. I'm going to tell you this. Yeah, I'll be slow to read them because it's not complete. Hmm. I, well, this is the guy who his friend gave her gave him uh almost the whole collection of naruto book and i read it in a week because i had mm. the collection and then yeah. once i got to the end of what she had i stopped reading naruto because i'm like i don't have the rest of the book so i'm not gonna read them well then i'll just wait until i finish it off and then i'll give you the whole series because i only got like i think four more books to buy so Feel free. I, I'll, I'll read them. I'll legitly come down one day and just sit there and read it the whole time. I like reading uh, graphic novels. Go mm -hmm. find me nonstop. All right, Austin. Well, I think that basically does it for our episode. 
a Brosen show on Sandman. Enjoy it enough. Can't wait to do this again for Sandman Part 2. Awesome. What are we watching next week? So tomorrow is the series finale of Better Call Saul. Oh my. Um, so we will be doing Better Call Saul next week. And then we actually should be back in the loop with me and you uh, doing our thing that we usually do. Uh, where it's like you watch this and then you know you've never watched it we'll be back in that suit here soon because there was so much stuff coming out like we had sandman we had this i was gonna say well i'm trying to think uh house of dragons is coming out this month too and then we also have what we do in the shadows is going to be ending here in like four weeks so you know we're we're gonna have that little waiting on stuff so there's so much stuff coming out so we're, we're gonna have a lot of fun but th- it should slow down next week the next week will be our one where we will finish up uh better call saul uh the series and then we get so, to uh, then we get to wait for the prequel series called breaking bad for it maybe it will be good or uh i think there's like a gus Frings series that's coming out I think that's something like that. Oh, I don't wow. remember. I know that they said something about another villain of Breaking Bad was getting their own show. Probably Gus. I never read it into it. And I was thinking it's Gus because everyone loves Gus. So. Mm-hmm. All right, Austin. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I'm sorry, Mom Burkhart and uh, Annie. I'm sorry, Mom Burkhart and Annie. I can't get Molly. I was calling for her. She wasn't coming. So she's downstairs enjoying her life. Um thank you for everyone who stopped by to listen to us and thank you everyone who will be uh joining us next week uh because i will be flying in we can't do it on sunday you may not even be able to do it on monday oh we could do it on monday actually because uh i'll be back at some point um beforehand and i have the whole day off so um look out on twitter or even just check back on the twitch page because it's linked to my twitter and you guys should see it. We'll probably do it Monday at some point in that uh, late afternoon. So, so thank you all so much for stopping by, and thanks so much. Tune in. <laughs> <laughs>